Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the CAF America Radio Network, a production of the Charities Aid Foundation of America. As the leader in global giving, CAF America offers more than 20 years of experience and expertise to corporations, foundations, and individuals who wish to give internationally and with enhanced due diligence in the United States. Through its industry-leading grant management programs and philanthropic advisory services, CAF America helps donors amplify their impact. This show is dedicated to these donors and the charities they support. CAF America is uniquely positioned to serve as the bridge between these important partners and transforms vision into meaningful action. Guests on the CAF America Radio Network are leaders in their field who share tips for success and stories that inspire. Our host is Ted Hart, the CEO of the Charities Aid Foundation of America. This is a live call-in show. Add your voice by calling 914-338-0855. After the show, you can find all of our podcasts at CAFAmerica.org. Don't forget to dial 914-338-0855. Now, welcome the host of the CAF America Radio Network, Ted Hart. And welcome here to the latest edition of the CAF America Radio Network. This is Ted Hart, and I'm coming to you live from the global headquarters of CAF America. Today's topic is one of the hottest topics in international philanthropy, and that is equivalency determination. Today on the show is one of the leading experts here at CAF America, Jessie Kraft. She serves as our manager of donor advised and grant services. Uh, she is one of our experts, as I said. She's a leadership force moving through the ranks here at CAF America on up to the manager of donor advised and grant services. Services. She's a strong philanthropic activist and has been accepted to the Masters of Arts in International Development program at American University, having graduated summa cum laude with honor, from the Honors College rather, at Virginia Commonwealth University. She has a BA in Spanish and in Anthropology uh, with a minor in Latin American Studies. She will also complete her certificate in nonprofit executive management at Georgetown University. So not only is she one of our bright stars here at CAF America, but quite an accomplished woman uh, herself. Welcome here to the CAF America Radio Network, Jesse Kraft. Hey, Ted. It's great to be here. Jesse, we've got uh, such an important topic uh, today. Um, usually I like to uh, keep these things pretty conversational, but I've, I actually produced several questions to make sure that we cover all of the aspects of equivalency determination. So if you don't mind, I'm going to jump right in and ask you, what is equivalency determination? Yeah, so in very basic terms, it's sort of the process by which we collect information on foreign organizations, nonprofit organizations, to make what we call a good faith determination, that they're the equivalent of a U.S. 501c3 organization or, you know, a public charity. So for international grant making, either expenditure responsibility or equivalency determination are required to make a grant um, to a foreign grantee outside of the U.S. so that it would be considered a, a qualified distribution rather than a taxable expenditure. So... We again, we have to do either expenditure responsibility or equivalency determination. And equivalency is much more detailed and stringent than expenditure responsibility. And the IRS Internal Revenue Procedure 9294 gives sort of a layout for the procedures that that we need to follow to make this determination. So, and this is the expertise that CAF America brings to the table for 
uh, foundations, corporations, and individuals who want to uh, be philanthropic internationally but also want to make sure that they're uh, compliant. Um, you mentioned uh, expense responsibility for our listeners today. We also have produced a podcast on expenditure responsibility and encourage all of our listeners to listen to that. Our topic today is equivalency determination, and we have created a special website, ngoamerica.org. Um, again, that's N as in Nancy, G as in George, O as in Oscar, america.org, that gives a lot of information on each of these topics. This is fairly complicated, uh, Jesse, and, and is a, a lot of work that your team uh, does. What are the documents and applicant, applications that are required from a foreign charity in order to perform equivalency determination? Yeah, so basically there are three main components of what we are looking for from our applicants. Um, first, we have an internal application that we send to them, just getting basic general information. Um, then we require a list of supporting documents. So that would mean governing documents, you know, the list of their board members and trustees, their proof of registration as a nonprofit, and then their audited financials. Um, so along with their application, these documents, we also require an affidavit. And so this is, to us, the most important piece of the equivalency um, because this is basically a document that they have to complete and have notarized. And it includes a number of statements about the governance and the structure of their organization that they need to verify are true in order for them to pass this sort of equivalency determination test. Um, so they also need to support these statements with documentation. So, so this includes statements on what the IRS would be looking for if they were determining a 501c3 status, such as limitations on political activities, a dissolution clause, no improper private benefits or proprietary interests, and then you know a conflict of interest policy and things of that sort. And so all of that information comes in, and then it needs to be analyzed. And as I understand, one of the important aspects of the intense review that you and your team does for each and every charity that a donor through CAF America uh, wishes to give to um, is something known as a public support test. Um, what is that? Yeah, that's a great question, and this is also included within our affidavit. Um, so basically, this public support test asks um, organizations to give us sort of a history of five years back of their contributions that they've received. And um, this is kind of trying to determine whether or not they're a public organization versus a private foundation. So it, it looks to see if they're receiving substantial support from the general public. So that would mean, you know, government or individuals or, you know, any other than a, than a single private donor. Now, what if um, a charity that a donor wishes to give to doesn't have five years history? Are they just out? No, not necessarily. Um, you know, there there would be other things that we would need to ask for them, you know, ask of them and, you know, it, it becomes a more difficult situation if they don't have that history, but certainly we would work with an organization to see, you know, how we could work work with them being a new organization. And this is where the years of experience of CAF America come into play in, in trying to work with that charity as best as we can, but still making sure that the very high standards of CAF America um, are adhered to, because that's what donors uh, expect of CAF America, is to not only meet the IRS criteria, to, but to bring additional value add to that review. Now, CAF America does its uh, review for charities all over the world. I imagine that you receive documents in all sorts of different uh, languages. Um, how do you handle that? 
Yeah, that's a great question because this this is a very difficult part of what we do sometimes. Um, you know, we speak a few languages in the office, but certainly not all of the languages um, in the world. So, you know, the, the IRS law requires that the documents we receive from organizations be translated into English, and certainly, you know, we couldn't do very much with these documents if they weren't translated. Um, but the key to the key thing to remember here is that they don't need to be official or notarized translations. We don't want the charities spending a lot of money on these, you know, on these translations. Um, and we we do tell them that Google Translate sometimes is okay. You know, it's not perfect, but you know, for some documents it does work fairly well, and we can get the gist and um, and a full understanding of what the document is saying, even though you know the wording isn't perfect. You may have to have specific parts uh, uh, translate, but maybe not the entire document at that point. Exactly. Yeah, it really just depends on on the document, but um, it is a, translations are a very important part um, of what we do, and it is a hurdle that we have to get through with most organizations that we work with. Uh, Jesse, you mentioned um, earlier our topic today, of course, is equivalency determination, and you mentioned uh, earlier the uh, another protocol known as expenditure responsibility, of which we do have a, a separate uh, podcast prepared with lots of information regarding that. But specific to those two are the documents that um, are required under equivalency determination um, different uh, um, in terms of what charities are required to uh, submit vis-a-vis um, -vis, uh, expenditure responsibility? Yeah, so, you know, we're very risk-averse and thorough in our reviews here. So, really, the only difference in what we require from an organization between expenditure responsibility and equivalency determination is the affidavit and the financial support test, the public support test that we, we give sent to them. So, you know, really, if we receive an application for an organization and then we decide that it does need to move into an equivalency review, the only things that we require in addition would be the affidavit and the public support test. And that's fairly unique to, uh, to CAF America's approach in that even under expenditure responsibility, it's a very high standard. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, thinking, um, are there any uh, situations in which you would uh, maybe need further documentation from a charity than than those that you've already mentioned here? Yeah, there are a few situations. Um, you know, when you're talking about churches or schools or hospitals, there are separate affidavits that we've created um, and you know drawn up with our legal counsel to you know answer some of the questions that we would have in addition if they were a school or a hospital, such as, you know, for a school, certain non-discrimination requirements as well as for a hospital, and there's, you know, particular questions that we would need to ask of a church. Um, and so those would be separate documents that we would send out. Um, and then, of course, you know, through our reviews, we'll always have different questions that come up that may require documents outside of what I listed before. Um, but we would just we are always in communication with the charities and letting them know if we need more information or if we, what we have is sufficient. I know you and your staff receive a, a, an awful lot of training, and you're constantly looking to stay on top of all the nuances around the world. That couldn't necessarily be a, a, an easy job. I know that's the, the job that you do. Um, how difficult is it to um, make sure that you are staying on top of all of the various aspects of charity work around the world? 
Yeah, you know, there's a lot going on in, with international grant grant making, not just, you know, following the laws within our own country, but, you know, also making sure that we're keeping up to date with the laws all over the world. Um, and so we have a few different resources that we that we regularly use to make sure that we're understanding the nonprofit laws of the countries that we're reviewing and we're working in. Um, but definitely we always, for, for U.S., um, those regulations and changes that may be happening. We work very closely with legal counsel on a regular basis to make sure that our protocols are still following what what the U.S. IRS law would require of us. And, and, and this is the value add of, of an organization like CAF America for uh, foundations, corporations, and individuals who are looking to be philanthropic, want to do the right thing and support important causes around the world, uh, but just the complexity of knowing all of the details of not only U.S. law and, and the, the details there, but if you're if you're in this case for our topic today um, looking to do equivalency determination, uh, local customs and laws uh, can oftentimes come in play as well. Yeah, absolutely. It's a very big part of what we do. We're going to take a very uh, quick break here on the CAF America Radio Network. Our guest today uh, is Jesse Kraft, um, one of the leaders here at CAF America, and our topic today is equivalency determination. And when we uh, come back uh, from the break, I'm going to ask Jesse um, to uh, help us understand how CAF America, working on behalf of its clients, uh, would decide to use equivalency determination on a review instead of the other um, protocol, um, which is expenditure responsibility. And we'll be right back after this break. Remember, our podcasts and archives are always available 24 hours a day at CAFAmerica.org. If you're listening today, our phone lines are open. Call in and ask a question by dialing 914-338-0855. Now, back to the Cap America Radio Network and our host, Ted Hart. And we're back here live on the Cap America Radio Network with Jesse Kraft, the manager of Donor Advised and Grant Services. Our topic today uh, is equivalency determination. Uh, but, uh, Jesse, that's not always used. But um, how does Cap America help work with its donor clients um, in advising and utilizing these two different protocols? Yeah, so there are a few different situations where we would definitely want to use an equivalency determination instead of expenditure responsibility. One of the scenarios would be um, if we were aware that the grant was being used to purchase capital assets of any sort, you know, a, you know, to buy land or a building or any sort of capital asset. Um, the other reason would be um, if they were going to be using it for an endowment fund. And so we would really use equivalency in these two cases so that we would have more flexible reporting procedures as well as be able to do a deeper dive into the organization to make sure that they would be managing these assets and our funding in a, you know, in a responsible way. Um, you know, another reason would be if, if we were expecting a very long-term relationship or a large long-term grant with an organization, we would want to do a deeper dive in this instance as well. So these are just a few, few reasons, but we do consider each application on a case-by-case -case basis, and sometimes you know, they'll come to us knowing that a donor will come to us knowing that they'll need an equivalency, but sometimes we'll find it through our review and we'll make a recommendation that that's the, the route we take the, the review. Does, does a donor always know all of the details and nuances or as part of your work um, helping advise them as to the, the best way to accomplish what they would like to do? 
Yeah, definitely. A huge part of what we do is donor education um, and helping them to understand. You know, it's that's often a difficult part of what we do because, you know, sometimes they don't understand why a review, an equivalency review, is taking so long or why it's so detailed and strict um, because it, we really are requiring a lot of the organizations, but, you know, it's really just based on what the IRS is requiring of us. So, so education is a really important but sometimes difficult piece um, when we're communicating with donors about equivalency. This can take a while to be able to accomplish this? It can, yeah. It really, you know, it depends on a lot of things. It depends, you know, primarily on the responsiveness of the organization and how willing they are to get us these documents on a timely basis. You know, it shouldn't, if we have everything in office, it shouldn't take a very long time, but sometimes gathering everything and then going back and forth with questions and things of that sort, it it can take a, a while. No, it seems counterintuitive if a donor wants to give money to a charity that the charity uh, wouldn't comply. What what might be some of the reasons why uh, it might take a while to uh, to meet that standard? Well, you know, sometimes it is, you know, that we need to educate the charity as well because they don't understand the process and, you know, so that's that's a connection that we have to really try to make in the beginning of why we're doing this review and how we're connected to the donor. Um, so that's that's really a piece of it there. You know, the other piece is that sometimes they don't have these documents and they don't have um, the the statutes in their, you know, in their bylaws or that, that we're looking for, and so it takes them a while to gather things on their end and make sure that they're, they are compliant with equivalency. Now, what if someone doesn't have the requisite documents or they don't have uh, the, the requisite policies in place? Can they um, go through a process to formally adopt those and then qualify, or are they sort of out of luck? Yeah, so, you know, we'll definitely work with an organization. If if there are certain things that we're seeing that defi- that we can say for sure that they're not going to qualify with an equivalency determination, um, you know, qualify as a public charity, um, we would definitely go back to them and let them know exactly what what was missing, what they need to do. You know, we'll also, if, if they don't have something specific within their governing documents that we're looking for, we'll also look into the laws of their country because oftentimes we find that based on their registration status within the country that they will they have those laws built into their you know their nonprofit laws and so if we do find that that their country is requiring those things of them that is also okay for us that just takes you know more resources they, they would end, be required by local law so that again exactly. comes back to um, the expertise of your team and the the ability to help advise the donor that um, there's multiple ways to be able to accomplish um, this very high and intense review. Mm-hmm. Yep. So if an organization verifies in their affidavit that they abide by the same standards that would be required of them if they were a public charity in the United States, which is essentially what equivalency determination seeks to accomplish, is that enough uh, to be considered a good faith determination? No, not really. I mean, if if they are just signing and notarizing a document saying that they have these, you know, the, what we're looking for, um, that's really not enough. We need to see it backed up with documentation. And so, like I said before, that might either be in the, the local laws of their country or that might be hopefully, you know, the better scenario would be within their own governing documents and, um, you know, their own registration and everything like that. Um, so it, it, this can be a difficult piece of it because, you know, some 
some countries don't require certain laws that we would in the United States. You know, some countries don't put any restrictions on political activities, you know, and it might be, for example, and that might be something that's, you know, common practice that they don't, you know, that nonprofits in their country don't follow, you know, don't um, take part in political activities. But, you know, that doesn't necessarily mean that it's written in their laws and that we need to see it documented somewhere. And I suppose the charity themselves might not even be aware of their of their own uh, company or country's laws enough to to say that they have those things in place. So sometimes working with an organization like Calf America, the value add is information that not even the charity has. Exactly. Yep. How long does um, an equivalency determination um, and equivalency determination affidavit uh, is is it valid? I mean, is that Something that's episodic, or does it does it have a little bit more shelf life? So we currently we're maintaining that it it's valid for a year after the organization's previous fiscal year. Um, still waiting on specific ruling from the IRS on on a very set time time period. But that's that's how we base it. And any ED certificates that we generate here um, and that we you know issue would have the the ex- expiration date on it. Now, this is a, a, a fee-for-service um, uh, service of CAF America, as, as you've outlined very articulately here. Um, th- there's a lot of work that goes into this. But um, if, um, say, a corporation were to have a donor-advised fund at CAF America, um, it's true that uh, those, the equivalency determination would be free for up to 12 charities? Yeah, definitely. If you have a donor advised fund with us, um, we will work with you. And they, we do have a, a promotional feature right now where we do have 12 free equivalencies. That's great. And, but what if someone wants to make the grant themselves? Does CAF America uh, provide a service where an equivalency termination certificate can be uh, um, granted? Yeah, absolutely. We do um, ED certificates as well with um, the help of outside legal counsel, um, but that you know would not fall within the the donor advised fund promotion you just mentioned. So our listeners should definitely call seven zero three five four nine eight nine three one the CAF America office um, for information on those specific details because obviously there's there's a lot out there in the marketplace right now and that's why we're having this show today. Um, is there a, a renewal process that's possible? Um, uh, in uh, with the initial equivalency process, and and is that as difficult or? Yeah, there's, so there is a renewal process, and it's not quite as difficult, um, you know, it, under the assumption that there have been no major changes to the organization. So we have a renewal affidavit that asks them whether or not anything has changed, and of course they'll have to, you know, back that up with documentation. And if nothing has changed, um, and they attest to this in their renewal affidavit, it should be a fairly simple process. So it's not hopefully nearly as involved <laughs> involved as the first ED. So um, uh, what's the reporting like? I mean, for, for, does the donor receive reports? Is there a requirement for reporting? Yeah. So one of the beauties of equivalency determination is that no, we're not rep- required to send and keep track of the funds um, that are given out during an equivalency determination or you know after that happens. Um, but we are, like I said before, very risk averse and and we like to keep everything close. So we still do require reporting on a on an annual basis from all of the organizations that we grant to. 
so again, this is value add of working with an organization like Half America is that um, certainly we're going to keep you in compliance with all uh, federal regulations and, and laws, uh, but there's also a reputation factor that Half America is going the extra mile, adding additional um, steps for the charity to comply with because we believe that in the grant-making process, those are just really important steps. Uh, does it um, happen very often that you find uh, throughout the ED process that the organization um, is not the equivalent of a, a U.S. public charity? Uh, I mean, they just just cannot make that standard work? Yes, we have found that. Um, and that's, you know, a very difficult thing to communicate to the organization and to the donor. Um, but like I said, you know, we don't just say no. We won't, we'll go back to the organization and let them know exactly where, you know, where they were having issues and, um, you know, what the issues we found in their application were so that, you know, they can work through them on their own or, you know, come back to us in a few months once they've amended the, the issues that we had found. So we'll definitely, you know, we're also – we advise donors, but we also advise charities throughout this this review process. So we don't just you know close the door on them. We'll we'll help them hopefully get a second chance. So there sounds like there's a lot of moving pieces to this process. This isn't just an issue of uh, okay, charity X Y Z submit these documents. We sort of go into a black box and come out and tell you whether or not you you comply. It sounds like there's a lot of donor communication. There's a lot of charity communication, and then there's uh, communication after the grant. Yeah, absolutely. It's really, you know, we're building relationships with charities. We're not just, you know, reading proposals or just a one-time application process. We're really, you know, remaining communication with the charity throughout the life cycle of the grant and throughout their eligibility with us, you know, as well as through the entire application process, which can take, you know, a lot of going back and forth with different questions and everything like that. So we really are building relationships as well as, you know, doing the, the making the grants that we do around the world. I would imagine that that provides a, a lot of comfort and peace of mind to the donor who is trying to be philanthropic many, many thousands of miles away. Um, but it, it's also just really good business, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, our donors really do appreciate, um, you know, the extra lengths that we go through um, to, to make sure that we build strong relationships and are, you know, really understanding where their money is going and then making sure that it's going there in a safe and effective way. There's there's some that that others might view as sort of doing uh, this process in, in sort of a very light way and not to being quite um, a stickler to every detail. Um, for donors at CAF America, it seems that the, the detail um, is something that people really appreciate um, checking all those uh, those boxes and making sure that um, the entire process is, is met. And it's quite a long process that you put charities through. Yes, it is. It is quite a long process, um, and so it really, you know, requires the cooperation of the charity as well, um, which, you know, can t make a review take a bit longer if if they're not understanding why they have to send us their, you know, all of their very important information, like their governing documents and financials. So that's a, an important communication piece we have to get through in the beginning. But I would imagine that there's some benefit to the charity um, if they receive that initial grant and have gone through that uh, process and that now they've accomplished something of real value in terms of approaching the American philanthropic market. Yeah, absolutely. And that's a really important thing that we communicate to them as well is that, you know, usually 
we are approaching them because of a suggestion from one donor, but we always let them know that um, because they're becoming eligible with CAF America, it also means that any other U.S. donors that have an interest in giving to their organization have a very easy way of doing so and will still get their tax receipts and, you know, everything of that sort. Um, and because we're, we're a nonprofit ourselves, so the donors are donating to us and we're then granting throughout the world. So that's a very exciting piece for organizations when they find out that they're not just applying for one grant, but they're applying for sort of a, a, an outlet, a way for any American donors they may have connections with to give to them as well. So I would imagine that there's a there's a benefit in, again in working with an organization like CAF America, and that the the American donor can make the donation right away into a donor advised fund at CAF America. Uh, and even though the vetting process, which is a, is a long and, and very important process here at CAF America, can take some time, the donor is not going to be disadvantaged in terms of possibly losing or missing out on a tax deduction. Um, because they're going to receive that tax deduction at the time of a gift to CAF America, not um, if it takes a while for the organization to be properly vetted. Yeah, exactly. That is a great benefit. And, you know, if if ever there is an instance where it, the grant to the organization they had originally suggested doesn't work out for whatever reason, you know, the organization doesn't qualify, you know, anything we find throughout a review, we'll always contact the donor and let them know and then ask for an alternate suggestion. That's so, great. And very quickly, if a charity doesn't uh, uh, meet the standard, can they get a second chance? Yeah, definitely. I mean, we'll we wait three months, um, and then if the organization wants to reapply or if the donor wants to suggest them again, uh, we will definitely open up that file again. Jesse Kraft, uh, Manager of Donor Advised and Grant Services here at Charities Aid Foundation of America. A terrific job today on a very complex topic. Our topic today was equivalency determination. Thank you for joining us here on the CAF America Radio Network. It's been a pleasure. You've been listening to the CAF America Radio Network. Tell all your friends and colleagues to check out our production schedule. Sign up for our free newsletter and download our iPad and iPod-friendly podcasts at CAFAmerica.org. Thanks for listening to the CAF America Radio Network.